Hey, this is Coach Freddie here, inspiring people to do things that inspire them, and welcome to the I Have for Evolution, where we'll be discussing the benefits of growing and using industrial hemp for people, planet, and profit. Conversations about the history, legalization, farming, harvesting, processing, building, manufacturing, investing, and how industrial hemp can benefit people's lives, heal the planet, and how it can be used to make thousands of products and boost the economy and business. So, are you ready to join the iHemp revolution? Hey, this is Coach Freddie, and I'm here in Peachtree City, Georgia, sitting here having a conversation with Stephanie Grande. And uh, Stephanie actually has a farm in Colorado. How you doing, Stephanie? I'm doing great, Coach Freddie. Thank you so much. Yes, uh, we are in Peachtree City, Georgia, enjoying a beautiful Georgia summer. Um, and I do have a hemp farm. I am a fully compliant and registered hemp farmer in the state of Colorado. Um, I, I also have a primary residence in Georgia, so there's some complications that arise yeah. from that arrangement. So tell us about, you're living here with this beautiful home here, we're sitting out here in your patio, and there's a pool right behind us here, and uh, I want to thank you for putting me up for a couple of days here while I'm in Georgia. It's absolutely my pleasure. As I said before, when we first had the chance to connect, for me, you're the original hemp celebrity and uh, had the chance to meet you at HempEx Asheville about a year ago. And, uh, you know, frankly, meeting you stuck with me because you're such a positive, vibrant, uplifting presence in the hemp space. And what I had seen prior to that particular event, HempEx Asheville, was, uh, you know, a lot of anger, a lot of frustration. Um, and and so you you know you, you you shined like a beacon of light so to be able to reconnect with you a year later after you know i've 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 genuinely embarked on my own hemp uh journey um it was not without a significant amount of inspiration from you so thank you well you're welcome now where's your farm at in colorado my farm is located in the extreme southwest corner of colorado we're in la plata county about halfway between durango colorado and pagosa springs colorado okay and that's pretty high up uh, in the mountains right it is coach freddie it is we are uh, doing high altitude hemp cultivation so the base elevation of my farm is 7,200 feet, a wow. good 2,000 feet higher than, uh, we love our friends from Denver, of course, uh, but we are a good 2,000 feet higher in elevation than the Mile High City. So we deal with some pretty high altitude conditions at 7,200 feet. Okay, yeah. And uh, so I understand that you have, uh, uh, you're going to have outdoor grows as well as uh, indoor right that's absolutely correct so as part of that statement of being a fully compliant and registered hemp farmer in the state of colorado the way that we are able to achieve that is by taking advantage of the legislation that was introduced in the farm bill 2014 section 7606 colorado allows for uh, registered and compliant hemp farmers to cultivate hemp for profit mm -hmm. in accordance with the rules and regulations and the permitting requirements 
We uh, submitted our application and were subsequently approved for 15 acres of outdoor cultivation and 5,000 square feet of indoor cultivation. All right. I understand that you grew some stuff already, right? <laughs> I did. <laughs> I did, with varying degrees of success. I was a, a backyard basil farmer, um, did some golf cart gardening, really became inspired by uh, wanting to be food independent and have a better understanding of what was going into mine and my daughter's uh uh, food offering. So with the ambiguity out there in the world of, of labeling and things like that, I decided what better way to make sure that we're having the best fuel inputs in the form of food for our bodies than to grow my own. And uh, and there's not a lot of profit in growing your own food, mm-hmm. Coach Freddie. It yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of blood, sweat, tears, lots of water. Um, and, uh, you know, unfortunately for all that hard work and that valuable work, um, it wasn't a sustainable economic model for me to continue to be a backyard basil farmer. Mm-hmm. And that got me thinking about economic stimulation and how much work a farmer puts into cultivating crops. I don't care what the crop is. Farmers do hard work. And I think that they're underappreciated and underpaid. I know that my brief stint as a backyard farmer left me feeling underappreciated and underpaid. Um, and so I went looking for a way that I could cultivate a crop and contribute to uh, to global food supplies, especially food at the point of use. So growing food where you want to eat it. And I found out really quickly that growing food on a per acre basis is not the most profitable way for a farmer to earn profits for their farm. What I found out is that the highest value uh, crop per acre yield is tobacco in the United States. And um, having struggled with my own journey with tobacco and my own issues with tobacco, the last thing that I wanted to do was to cultivate tobacco. Mm-hmm. And I was aware of hemp um, and aware of the potential for it, but truly I believed that it was illegal. So I did not look into it any further until I became aware of the legislation that I just mentioned. And when I started looking at the numbers for hemp, I realized that there was a crop that could be grown, that was a food crop that could yield a higher uh, a higher yield per acre in terms of profits for a farmer than tobacco. And that crop was hemp. Okay. Super. Now, I, I heard, overheard you talking on the phone here to your farmers back there in Colorado that you're going to be uh, planting here pretty soon, right? We are planting next <laughs> week, and that has been a journey as well. You know, one of the frustrations in my uh, journey as a hemp farmer is that, as I mentioned before, I have a primary residence in Georgia. And while I'm permitted to legally cultivate hemp in the state of Colorado, I am not given that same opportunity in Georgia. So a lot of my farming activities have been relative to distance support. And fortunately, I have a farmer and our farm is not dependent upon my day-to-day participation, um, which would be quite difficult being a single working mom living in Georgia. So I make it back when I can. Uh, and I know and trust that, uh, you know, that our farmers are out there looking after our girls. Um, because we do have to pull the male plants. That's part of the gig as, okay. a, as a hemp right. farmer. So we look after those girls. And um, yes, I'll be headed back to Colorado next week. We'll have a lot of updates on um, actual planting. So people are going to get to finally see me showing up actually digging in the dirt. 
All right. We have to have some pictures of that. That's absolutely, sure. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> we'll get as many pictures of that as we can. Plus, to let people know and let them see, you know, it'll be a real family affair. Um, we are hand planting. That's our plan right now. Okay. So hand planting 15 acres is kind of a big deal. That's a lot of work. One of the reasons, Coach Freddie, why we are hand planting is because we really don't want to run the heavy machinery along our farm, this leakage of hydraulic fluids and things like that that can potentially contaminate the soil. And given the fact that we've selected a genetic to grow that is producing a medicinal-grade high CBD crop, Knowing that that's going to become a nutraceutical support item, that people are going to eat that, it becomes an added responsibility that we've chosen to take on to provide as little contamination as possible okay. in the course of the farming. So uh, now, are you, are you planting clones or seeds? We will be planting seeds, a, a variety. We'll be doing a mix of seeds and a couple of teenagers is what we'll call them. <laughs> uh, we have some foot tall uh, teenagers from another farm uh, that there was an issue with the seeding machine might have overseeded. So we'll be moving a couple of uh, transplants. We'll be moving some seedlings okay, and taking the teenagers on a road trip. All right. Yeah, just like uh, the I Have Revolution Road it's Show. It's just right? like the I Have Revolution Road <laughs> Show. And Coach Freddie, if you want to come out to Colorado and help us uh, move some seedlings, we'd love to have you. Yeah, I, I would, but I have a calling uh, down in New Orleans. <laughs> well, all right. So we'll we'll divide and conquer and make sure that you know that while we are transporting those seedlings, we are absolutely in spirit supporting the I Have Revolution Road Show. All right. Well, that's good. So... Um, What's your intention uh, with the hemp industry? How do you see yourself fitting in, in a, just in a couple years? I know that can change along the way, but where do you see yourself? Well, I, you know, I, 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 I showed up um, in, in January, mm -hmm. January 1st of 2017, and set some intentions about increasing awareness about industrial hemp. And right. so I founded a group called Indie Hemp. That's I-N-D-I-E space hemp, H-E-M-P. And Indie Hemp was started as a guided tour of 25,000 different uses for hemp. Okay. So it was a way that I could provide distance support, education, outreach, a place for information for people because, frankly, I wasn't able to be at a hemp farm because they're not legal in Georgia. But I still felt called to contribute in a way. Now, I have a vast amount of experience um, in other uh, areas of my life. I've worked uh, in a lot of electric power distribution, very, very high-level electrical analysis and specialty product supply. I, I've spent time on ships, and, you know, we've had a chance to discuss yes. that in more detail. So we'll just suffice it to say that, you know, my focus and, and an area that I feel very called to continue to contribute is in how we manage our electric power distribution. I also serve on the Metro North Georgia Water Planning District. These critical infrastructures, like our utilities, our wastewater facilities, um, uh, critical data centers, anything that really needs to be moving no matter what and requires a redundant power supply so that in the event of an outage, it doesn't actually go out. Um, these are the areas where I tend to focus. And, and, and it's, it's exposed me to a lot of 
government contracting models, a lot of large business investment strategies. So it's really given me not just the technical background, but also a really heavy big business background. And one of the areas that I see a lot of hempreneurs struggling with is that they have such passion and such enthusiasm for this market because frankly, it's humanity plus. It's good for people. It's good for the planet. It's also good for profits. Exactly. So this is, this is a, an economic and business model that I really, really think that all companies should be looking at and individuals should be looking at moving forward. It's responsible profit earning. So when we look at that, and I think about all of this enthusiasm that so many of the hempreneurs show up with, and it's due to no, no fault of their own, that they haven't had the colorful background that I've had interacting with federal procurement regulations and contract negotiation strategies and techniques and things like that. So one of the things that I want to continue to do is to help people understand and navigate that their passion can also be their profit. And while I'm not entirely sure how that all comes together moving forward, I do know that I've made the commitment to continue to show up in the hemp space and provide whatever value my unique experience can give. Okay, that's that's a mouthful, let me tell you. It is. But you're uh, a magnificent lady. Thank woman, you. Like Wonder Woman. That's just what, that, this is what you are. Oh, in your, uh, you're also called star captain right i am yes yes <laughs> i love that <laughs> star captain is not the first nickname that i was given yeah. but it was a nickname that i was given that i really really resonated with and that i chose to adopt as my own you know star captain when i got that nickname i was coming out of a previous life that was really fear-based really scarcity mindset oriented and uh, I was afraid of a sign, like literally a sign in Key West that said skydiving. And the sign was not moving. It was posing no immediate threat. But something inside of me brought up fear. And I didn't want to feel that fear anymore. So I decided that I was going to do the thing that scared me the most. And when I finally, and I, and I loved it so much, I survived, I'm here, we pulled the chute, everything worked out great. So I went on a tandem. So you went skydiving. I went skydiving. Ah. I went skydiving and I'm also an aerial artist. So anything to do with the skies and, you know, I, was, I grew up military as an Air Force brat. My dad was a fighter pilot and I started on my own journey with my private pilot training. And I think it was just I wanted to see the world from a bird's eye view because some of the things that I was seeing at my own eye level were scaring me and I needed to look at them from a different perspective. So the star captain thing came up when I was doing my first tandem and I tripped. And I don't know how, uh, but we did catch it on video. I tripped out of the plane and did a gainer and, uh, and everything turned out great. And I came back down and they were like, you are star captain staff. And it resonated. It felt great. It really reminded me that showing up big is rewarded and showing up with authenticity is rewarded at every turn. And I, you know, it just, it felt good. So coach Freddy, I kept it. Well, great. Well, Star Captain, I want to ask you one last question here. If you if you had uh, one piece of advice to uh, give our audience, uh, especially about hemp, what would that be? That hemp is, in my opinion, and in my last experience in business, it is the growing and emerging market to pay attention to now. 
we have to keep in mind moving forward that right now there are a lot of barriers and restrictions to our ability to fully capitalize on the economic potential of hemp. So if you're interested in hemp in any way, shape, or form, a couple of words of advice. Be prepared for the long haul. Make your investments now, and it might be something as simple as investing your time in seeking additional information. It might be something as simple as, hey, if there's an aspect of hemp cultivation that you're interested in, pick up the phone, make a call, send an email. Offer to help those that are out there on the front lines right now. Is there profit to be made in the hemp industry, in the hemp space? Absolutely. But my experience tends lends me to believe that those of us that are willing to really support that industry as it starts up now and continue to show up and advocate for it by educating the public that is maybe not aware of industrial hemp and the multitude of benefits. So I would say continue on your outreach efforts. Meet other people that are in the hemp space. Show up at those events. Shake their hands. Most of them are absolutely phenomenal human beings that are so passionate about the same thing you're passionate about that you're going to find some degree of synergy somewhere where you fit in. But it is definitely a long-haul investment, and we still need more education on the multitude of uses and benefits of hemp. Well, Star Captain, thank you very much for being a guest on the iHemp Revolution podcast and a member of the iHemp Revolution Roadshow. Outstanding. It is absolutely my pleasure. Anytime, anywhere, any place, Coach Freddy, Star Captain Staff and Indy Hemp are huge fans, and we support this mission 100%. I want to thank our listeners for tuning in today and make sure that you subscribe to the iHemp Revolution podcast on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. Give us a review and follow us on facebook.com forward slash iHempRevolution. Like us and then tell your friends. Help us spread the word about how using industrial hemp can benefit people, heal the planet, and provide long-term profit. This is your host. Coach Freddie, inspiring people to do things that inspire them, and thanks for joining the iHemp Revolution.